Anyone can have a gimme, but it really gets interesting when you go for two. The Go For Two podcast, starting now. Welcome back to another episode of the Go For Two podcast, live from Maroon Hornet Comics and Collectibles. Thanks, Randy, for having us. We appreciate it. <laughs> and as always, I'm here with my man, Don, the stats guru. Yeah, couldn't do this without you, Dante, our couch quarterback. Yeah, man, everybody's <laughs> favorite couch quarterback. Everybody. My wife's favorite couch quarterback. Absolutely. <laughs> my wife's there, too, sitting in the back. Yeah, great to have the whole <laughs> team here. That's great. Hey, man, this is going to be a fun show today. Um, Randy is also a Jacksonville Jaguars and a Florida State fan. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and kick off a couple things before we go ahead and introduce him and get him on the podcast. Um, so thanks again, Randy, for having us uh, here hosting the, the podcast out the shop. You guys come check him out. He's in Oxford, Pennsylvania. Um, let Don go ahead and give a little bit more information. Yeah, we're here at 19 South 3rd Street in Oxford. This is episode 10 for our podcast, and we are at the Maroon Hornet Comic and Collectibles. Downtown Oxford, watching the people go up and down the street, hoping they come in to uh, shop here at the comic store. Also hoping they'll come in and uh, see what's going on in the store. Absolutely, absolutely. So this is going to be a uh, very fun episode here. Absolutely. I know you want to give a shout-out yeah. to your cousin out in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, I tell you, we're, we're starting to get across the country, man. Another shout-out to my cousin Emily at uh, UNLV TV. Thanks for listening and getting some of the other folks out there, Amy, Devin, Chase, and Marcus, listening. Don't forget to find us on Facebook and give us a like. We appreciate having you listen all the way out in Vegas. All the support. We appreciate all of it. We know we're a small podcast right now, but, you know, listening to us on our new audio site, Spotify, Absolutely. iTunes, you know, all those all those other ones that we uh, we got signed up for, SoundCloud, we're everywhere now. Uh, the only one that we're missing is Stitcher. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Absolutely. We'll get the handshake going with, for that <laughs> one, too. <laughs> so we're going to start off with the uh, NCAA Top 10 today. Absolutely. Uh, coming in at number one, no surprise, still there is Alabama. Do they deserve to be number one? Mm. We'll see this week. I don't know. We'll see. Number two, LSU. LSU, uh, me and Don's favorite to win the SEC this yeah, year. They're looking, they, uh, looking they're, they're making us look really good right now. <laughs> they're looking strong, <laughs> let me tell you. Ohio State, we'll be talking more about them. They come in at number three. Uh, Clemson at number four. And Oklahoma at number five. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma, as of halftime with Kansas State, they were losing by one point. So, uh, very interesting. Um, and we'll get into the Heisman watch, but it looks like Joe Burrow is uh, number one. He has taken a number one spot. So something to actually watch out for as well on that side. And then Penn State coming in at number six. Uh, they had a big win over Michigan last week. That was a very telling story for Jim Harbaugh and his team out in Michigan. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit uh, before on how his tenureship at Michigan could – probably be on the break they've had a winning season the last couple of seasons um but you know close game i think it was a pretty close game i, I don't yeah. know the score right yeah, off the top of was, my head but it was it was a close game yeah michigan made it a game it wasn't early on but uh they did have a nice comeback and uh, it was a pretty decent game at the end as far as the podcast last week florida and south carolina were playing <laughs> they had a little scare as well yeah. we were hoping that they would have got beat so yeah um 
Flo- and then Florida hangs in there in the rankings, though, man. man. I'll take that one for you because I know you don't want to talk about that. Yeah. They're at number seven. You can go ahead with number eight. Notre Dame, the elephant in the room, yeah. the independence team that's not part of any conference. Number eight, they're looking scary. Like I said, they took that loss to heart. Uh, kind of like how Wisconsin's doing today. Yeah. Uh, they took their loss to heart, and now uh, they're playing really, really well. They're playing really good football right now. Auburn's coming in at number nine. Yep. I don't think they I don't, deserve to be there. I don't think they deserve to be there. I don't think they'll be there too long. And I don't even think this team deserves to be in the top ten. Ooh. Georgia. We had them being runner-ups. Yeah. They're, they're not where they should be, but they are still playing competitive. So – um, definitely top 25, but I'm not too sure about top 10. Uh, not not top 10 for sure. So uh, as far as the Heisman watch goes, our man Joe oh, Burrow is finally is number one. good. Finally number one. Well, to me, it's a tied race, depending <laughs> on how Jalen Hurts ends up being today. Yeah. Um, if he makes a mistake, then definitely Joe Burrow is not going to. That's true. Especially if they went against, um, they went against Alabama this year, uh, LSU. Joe Burrow should be number one. I think so. He's definitely looking good. And we're, you know, following up Tua. We know he had an injury last week. Justin Fields, solid quarterback. Uh, and then Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin seems like he's putting the team on his back. Yeah, he sure does. They're uh, actually, we'll just carry Wisconsin into our uh, games of the week. Wisconsin sitting at 13 right now. They're playing number three, Ohio State. The big tell in this one is which team's going to give more. Wisconsin's averaging over 200 yards a game rushing, Mm -hmm. and Ohio State's only giving up about 92 to 95 yards a game to the rush. So uh, something's got to give here. Somebody's got to really pull this one out. Yep, Uh, absolutely. Uh, I agree with all the games of the week, uh, especially this one, Notre Dame versus Michigan. Yeah, number eight versus number 19. Just just heard today. Didn't know that that rivalry started back in like 1887. That is incredible. That's, that's to think a very about, interesting man. stat, man. <laughs> incredible Absolutely. to think about how long they've been going at it. Can you imagine the equipment they were wearing at that time, huh? Leather helmets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's that's crazy. Uh, Notre Dame and Michigan totally a game to watch. Um, is is Notre Dame for real? Uh, can Michigan come back? from a devastating loss last week. Um, and can they step up and be the team that Jim Harbaugh expects them to be for the rest of the year? Well, we talked about Auburn being in the top ten. Uh, they may drop out of that. Uh, they're playing LSU this week. Mm-hmm. So unless, I don't think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be close either. Halftime, the game is going to be over. Yeah. <laughs> These games of the week, some of them might not be that close, but they're all ranked teams in the top 20, and it's going to shake up the top 20 this week. I think so as well. So now, On to the fun part. Oh, now, we were wrong last week. Yeah. We were 0% right. <laughs> well, this is a little different on the upset alerts this week. This is purely by statistics only. Okay. We got Michigan State over Penn State, number six Penn State. Yes, you heard that right. Uh, Penn State coach Rich Franklin is only one in four against Michigan State, mm-hmm. and Michigan State has won five out of the last six meetings. So looking for that to continue. It's very interesting, man. Same coach has been there for years yeah, at Michigan State. Exactly. The other upset, we're looking for Washington State over number 11, Oregon. 
uh, Washington State, Oregon. You think, wait, how, how are you picking that? They just beat Washington last week. Yeah, well, the problem is Oregon is 0-4 in their last four meetings against Washington State, including previous years where Oregon's been a ranked team. I think their quarterback threw like eight or nine touchdowns yeah. that one game against UCLA or something crazy. Yeah. Um, watch out for that one. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be interesting. So we want to go ahead and bring Randy on the mic, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite teams. Welcome, Randy, to the Go For Two podcast. We appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you coming out and being part of the day-to-day with us. So thank you so much for showing up. No problem, no problem. Yeah, I so. found it kind of amazing talking to Randy. Um, I mean, I knew he liked the Jacksonville Jaguars all this time, but when I found out he was a Florida State guy, I'm like, oh, you and Dante got a lot to talk about. Hey, man, we got a, we got a whole bunch to talk about. We got to talk about this mess that they keep blaming on Jimbo Fisher. It's, real, it's really driving me nuts. <laughs> then you're not going to like what I have to say. I agree. I, I think Jimbo Fisher saw that things were going to go downhill, and they're going to go downhill quick. Yeah. And he got out while the getting was good. So he wanted them just to build those facilities and yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I, I want better for my players. You right. guys want to give me the money. It's not about the money, but you know, he went to Texas A&M, got paid and got the facilities that are the best in the country. Yeah, so. he did. He did. But as you see right now, I don't think that's where his heart's at. I agree. I don't think he's happy there. Um, I think he really wants to be somewhere else. And I think he knows he's got a, a tough road to hoe with Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think all the uh, all the coaches that were under Nick Saban at some point have now made it a mission to beat Nick Saban, and the <laughs> only one that's been successful is Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the percentage is not very good <laughs> against them. Um, so as far as Florida State, man, who's your favorite player of all time? Favorite player of all time, Leroy Butler. Absolutely incredible player. Um, loved watching him play high school, uh, being from Jacksonville, Florida. Played at Robert E. Lee High School. Uh, great guy, great kid. Uh, grew up to be a great football player in the NFL as well. Um, so absolutely uh, a role model for, for children today. Right. Yeah, Leroy Butler was a, a very interesting player. He, he played a lot different than everybody else, too. His mindset, he was really smart. Um, so uh, not a bad pick. Yeah. But me being a quarterback, Charlie Ward is my man. <laughs> I can understand that. Charlie. Now, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Yeah. Now, not being a Florida State fan myself, uh, kind of neutral with that team, I only have one player that I could relate to there, and it's because I worked with his brother at a previous job, Myron Roll. Oh, Myron yeah. Roll is a fantastic human being, man. Absolutely. <laughs> I Absolutely mean, fantastic human being. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going back to it, Charlie Ward was probably one of my favorite quarterbacks, but my favorite player ever out of Florida State, that's a hard one. Um, think about all the great players that have been there. <laughs> Ward Dunn was great, fantastic yeah. human being there. Yep. Um, I'm going to have to go with somebody that's recent that is now doing great in the NFL as long as he stays healthy. Dalvin Cook was amazing to watch. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Wow. He, uh, I was there at Syracuse. She's, she played at Syracuse the field, on the field hockey team. So, you know, we get tickets to go and see the game or we'll drive up to Syracuse. I was there at the game when he broke the all-time rushing record that worked done that carried. Wow. So that was, uh, that was a pretty special moment. And uh, 
he made his very first start against Syracuse too. So to go back and break the record against them had to be something special. But I, I I'd probably say Dalvin Cook. Probably second would probably be Anquan Bolden, another amazing human being too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of great guys that came out of Florida State, but they always get overshadowed by people like Jalen Ramsey. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking about him shortly. Hold he, on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Favorite coach? I know we haven't had many. Uh, it's got to be Bobby. I mean, Bobby Bowden. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, classy guy. Uh, I wish that his tenure would have ended differently. Uh, but you can't be falling asleep at games, man. Yeah, it, it, it was time. It was time. Yeah, it was time. Uh, but very, very classy guy. Loved, loved watching him. Um, and, and again, being from the South, just hearing the Southern, Southern twang in his voice, just felt like home. Yep, uh, I have deep Southern roots as well. Alabama and North Carolina, so and, I, I'm, I'm rooted in the South. And I always love uh, the movie. Uh, good Lord, what was the name of the movie? Now I can't remember it. Uh, we are Marshall. I'm sorry. Yes. And we are Marshall. And the, the scene where Bobby Bowden, West Virginia coach at the time, gives them access to all of his stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes, that just absolutely. really shows what kind of an individual yep. he was. Yeah. Imagine if Randy Moss wouldn't have been a knucklehead and stayed at Florida <laughs> State. And I think Bobby Bowden letting him go was probably the best, the best thing that ever happened to Randy Moss. And I think he said it himself as well. So another incredible human being that's come out of Florida State. <laughs> Um, favorite coach for me, another recent guy. I'm I'm just gonna have to go. By the way that I've seen him do his press um, his press conferences, his post game uh, interviews, the way that he was passionate about the team when uh, when they were, especially when they were winning. Jimbo Fisher to me was was an was an awesome coach, and I know he gets a bad rap, but he always went to bat for the for his players. And he wanted the best for him, especially in the game. He, I think he brought a lot out in his players that they didn't think that they had. Because you look at the guys right now like Ronald Darby and all these other guys that aren't really doing that well. It really tells you that uh, Jimbo Fisher brought something in them that uh, they didn't think that they had. So I'm going to just have to go with Jimbo Fisher, man. I, I, I wish he'd come back. <laughs> I really wish he'd come back because we are, we are struggling right now. Yeah, we Going to another thing, favorite game or moment that you've uh, uh, that you've seen? Uh, 1988, Clemson. Remember the Ruski, baby. <laughs> Remember the Ruski. Yep. Uh, that was one game I will never forget, and absolutely my favorite of all time. Right, and this is—I think this is kind of like old school and new school. My favorite moment, just because you know I'm, I was old enough to understand what was going on finally. Uh, I know it was a couple years ago, but that, that catch that Kelvin Benjamin made in the end zone against Auburn when we were down to win the national championship. Yeah. And on top of that, I'm also a Seahawks fan. The Seahawks won the Super Bowl that year. So <laughs> that was a great year for me. <laughs> but that was that's probably my favorite game and moment. Um, next to Dalvin Cook breaking the record at Syracuse because I was there. So And I know you've been to a couple games at the Doak. I've never couple. been. Been to a couple. Uh, this is back when they had bleacher seats. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm aging myself on this one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I've been to a, a few uh, important games. Uh, the Derek Schmidt missed field goals. Uh, the the choking doke. Uh, thank you, Florida. I appreciate it, Spurrier. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been to a few big ones. What about you, Don? No, haven't been to them. <laughs> well, you got any favorite moment, coach, player of all time? No, man. What I what I mentioned about Myron was about the only connection I have 
to Florida State. He man. always sends me updates on my role, man. Yes, it's absolutely. he's he's a smart there's an crazy good human there. being, man. Yes, absolutely. Um so we gotta get on to the elephant in the room, man. I know we talked about it a little bit, Willie Taggart. What are your thoughts up to this point? If they lose this game today, they're going to crucify him at Doe Campbell Stadium. It might be a murder scene. I, I think crucify is a very gentle term. <laughs> um, I feel bad for him a little bit. I think he's a, he's a good coach. Uh, he's proven that wherever he's went. And he's, he's gone somewhere and he's made a winner. And I think that right now what he's dealing with is he's recruiting against uh, Florida who at the mm-hmm. time that everyone heard about Jimbo Fisher leaving. So what you're seeing now is Florida's getting an upsurge because they had an up, uptick on their recruiting at that mm-hmm. time. So I think that they need to give Willie some, some time to get his recruiting in place and start playing with the players he wants. I, 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 I tend to agree on both sides, right? So I, I agree with you, but then I also agree with the fact that as, as far as Willie Taggart's demeanor to me just is off. Uh, what I mean by that is when they lost to Clemson, his post game or before the next game, before they play Wake Forest, uh, somebody asked him, so what are you doing with the tape from Clemson? He's like, we looked at it. We're going to throw it out the window. We're on the Wake Forest. I'm like, well, I told Don last mm, yeah. week, I'm like, that's your blueprint to win the rest of the year. You played a national championship winning team. Dabo Sweeney's not going anywhere. So as you're the coach at Florida State, you're going to be prepared to play him every single year. And he's coming. He've already said in plenty of interviews, Dabo's like, I'm looking forward to play Florida State every year because they're like the most talented team that we're going to face. And it's true. How many five-star recruits, how many four-star recruits have we had? Top 10 classes, top 15 class. I think we're number 12 this year. It's kind of ridiculous that I think up to this point we're having this quarterback battle with James Blackman and and, um, and Hornenbrook. Cam Akers is not really playing up to his potential. If Jimbo was there, Cam would be playing with every ounce of talent that he's got. And I don't I don't know if he doesn't bring that out from his players. But to me, it's like the nice guy persona at this point in time is not winning you football games. You've went to South Florida. You went to Western Kentucky. You you went to Oregon. And, and people like you. Yeah, you're a likable guy. Florida State's your dream team that you wanted to coach and play at. And now that you got that opportunity, it's like – I don't. I don't feel like he's really living up to the potential. So I agree. Give him another year, but I'm as fed up as any other fan at this point. And <laughs> oh, yeah. if we lose to Syracuse, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. The hardest thing for me right now is just watching the second half collapses, and you start wondering: Absolutely. is this is this coaching and not being able to adjust on the fly? You come out with a great game plan, but then in the second half when you collapse, you've got to be able to adjust to the adjustments the other team's making. So that does make me question Taggart's ability and, and his coordinator's abilities to make those adjustments. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, really, <laughs> I really don't know what else to say. It's, it, it's, it's tough. From last year, from us ending the record for the most consecutive bowl games to being one of the most winningest teams ever in college football over, what, the last 80 years? It's, it's very tough. And I'll tell you what else is tough. I love Jeremy Pruitt when he was our defensive coordinator. Do I think he's a great head coach? Uh, by his record, it doesn't seem so. So watching Tennessee be this bad, too, is is also – our two teams and Michigan, this is not good for college yeah. football. Right. It's very yeah, hard to watch. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, 
But I, I hope we, we could bring in all the old school guys. Bring Jeremy Pruitt back and have him be our defensive coach. Because uh, at this point in time, our, our defense is terrible. It's always been – our defense has always been really good. Our offensive line has always been eh, – they're either really bad or just mediocre. Um, but we got too much talent for us to be playing this bad. I mean, we were up at Wake Forest last week and then collapsed. It's not good. Even though Wake Forest is a talented team, I had to give I had to admit that. So, any more thoughts or opinions you have on the, on our team, man? I'm just hoping they turn around soon. I want to get back to being the Florida State that we that we remember. Yeah, uh, they're they're a great great team. They are, they are, and uh, you got a fan for life, but <laughs> it's tough. It is. Tough, it is guys. very tough um, to have all those draft picks that go number one, number two, uh, and number three rounds every single year when Jimbo was there to us barely scratching the surface. Right. Think of all the Florida State players. I feel like I watch a team every every week in the NFL have at least one Florida State player, if not multiple. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to watch. It's like there's nobody current right now. So on to our other favorite team, man, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. So – I, I came in the air, let's see, I was born in 89, 1993. <laughs> they had, it was it 93 or 95 when they had the expansion team. It was them and the Panthers. Uh, I believe it was 95. 95. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're celebrating it 20 was. years this year, right? Um, favorite player of all time. <laughs> this is probably going to blow your mind. Mark Brunel is my favorite uh, Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> player I knew that was time. coming. <laughs> I still have his jersey. She wants me to throw away the crusty little thing. <laughs> I'm not getting rid of it. I've had that thing since I was like eight years old. <laughs> and, and mine's probably going to blow your mind a little bit because it's not it's not a guy that was like a Brunel. Um, Joel Smengi was my favorite player mm. of all time. Defensive lineman. Yep. Um, he was always the guy that, that overcame the odds. And I loved watching him play, loved the passion he had for the game. And got the opportunity to meet him once, and just a really, really nice guy. Yep. So he's always been my favorite. Always uh, had a special spot in my heart for him. Yeah, man. It, it was very fun watching Jacksonville be the force that they were with Mark Brunell, when Fred Taylor was healthy, when Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell were doing good. We had uh, Kyle Lightning. Brady. Kyle Brady was an underrated tight end when we had him too. And of course, we forget, forget uh, Tony Baselli was was an awesome offensive lineman it, it, yeah it's tough watching them too man <laughs> <laughs> the the collapse that's happening with Jacksonville it's like I'm afraid they're going to send us out to England it seems like the English fans no. like us more than the, the Florida fans <laughs> that is not going to happen <laughs> let's hope not yeah absolutely not um, favorite coach oh it's got to be Tom Coughlin uh, yep, I mean hands down. there's not many in there um, and it's got to be Coughlin because nobody else had the success he did Del Rio came close, mm-hmm. um, but he let the team get a little bit too out of hand. Yep. And when he first got there, it was like my way or the highway. Kind of, I, I compare him a little bit to how Jimbo Fisher was. It was he had he got those players to buy in when we had David Garrard to buy in, and well, he seemed like a superstar quarterback in some games. And don't forget though, Del Rio also put an axe inside the locker room for people to chop wood with. Yep. And how'd that turn out for us? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of laughable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, Tom Coughlin, man. I'm glad he's back with the organization. Do I wish he could coach again? Yeah. But, 
you know, onto a new era. At least he's part of the team. And I think with his presence being there, being felt, it's uh, they're making the right decisions. I, I think it was good bringing in Nick Foles, but I don't know if you agree with this, having Blaine Gabbard – or not Blaine Gabbard, uh, Blake Bortles go all the way out to the Rams. I'm like, you didn't really help this guy at all. When he had Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, he had an amazing year. He's one of those quarterbacks where you have to put the pieces around him. You can't you, – you expect him to, you know, pop the popcorn by itself. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big Bortles fan. Um, and, and I guess for me, I, I see your point about putting the pieces around him, but we've got a six-round quarterback sitting there right now with the same pieces, and he's not throwing interceptions, pick sixes. But, uh, I and, agree. And he's doing so much mm-hmm. better. Shout out so, to uh, Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Fear the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I love I him, man. That, I think that Bortles, as long as he had his good game on, he was a great quarterback. But his bad game was so much more horrible than any other quarterback in the league. I, yep. Um, I, I just feel like after one interception, he became really unmotivated to play the rest of the game. It was very tough on him. I mean, he was even like that at Central Florida, very hard on himself. Um, but our coaching staff has been all over the place, just like Florida State has. I mean, how many new coaches and new offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches? And I mean, thank God we got Keenan McCardell there being a the wide receivers coach. That's one familiar face. But having Doug Marone there, I mean, I, I think he's a good coach. I just don't think he's the right coach, if that makes sense. For I mean, you got Jalen Ramsey going now, so that's one personality that you don't have to reel in all the time. Um, but it, it's another tough team to, to root for every year. Um, but what was your favorite game or moment? Huh. That, that's a simple one. Um, the, the one that's really, the as far as a game goes, is going to be Denver, 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I worked at a place called Alltel Down South. And we had our name on the stadium. So mm-hmm. because of that, we would get visits from the players. We were very close with the team. Uh, Jackson DeVille, the mascot, would come to our events. Yep. So we, we really got close to the team with that. And to hear Woody Page say the Jaguars don't even deserve to be in the playoffs and, and to be insulted the way we were, uh, to go up there and really stick it to them, that was an amazing day. And then that night, going to the stadium, there's twenty to 30,000 people in a stadium to root this team on after the game was over and the plane got back into Jacksonville. That, to me, was an amazing moment. So being part of that, that will always be special to me. I have to agree, man. I, I think I watched that full game a couple times, and I think they were talking about some of the greatest games ever of all time. I think it was ranked, like, number 10. So I have to agree, man. That, that Denver game was, uh, was a special one. Um, probably the best moment for me, and I don't think I've ever seen the team so excited um, up to this point, is when we drafted Fred Taylor. That was a that was a huge moment for Jacksonville, and for him to come in and do what he did his rookie year, and you know from there on out, uh, I just hate that he got hurt, man. Because think about the potential that that Fred Taylor had as Absolutely. well. Um, but that was kind of my my favorite moment. I, I know he's a Gator. I get it. <laughs> Not when he put on that teal. He was a Jaguar. Yep, exactly. So that all got thrown out the window. My favorite moment would have been when they announced the team. Uh, being from Jacksonville, 
I remember watching the the Colts fly in a helicopter into the Gator Bowl mm-hmm. and, and tease us about we're going to bring a team to your stadium, and then they pack up everything and moved away into uh, Baltimore. So we got used on that. And when we got the announcement, we were getting the team again that night. Everyone going to the stadium to be at the big press conference and to cheer it on. Uh, that will forever be my favorite moment, getting the team. That's special, man. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. I was too young to imagine. But <laughs> I just remember. I was, uh, funny story, I was ambidextrous at the time. So watching Mark Brunell kind of had more influence on me because we didn't have a lot of left-handed quarterbacks that could run and throw. Um, I think he's, to me, he's one of the most, especially in his prime, he was one of the most underrated quarterbacks because he got it done. He got it done with the with the weapons that he had, and thank God for Tony Basella, though. Jeez, he'd be getting he would have got crushed more than he was. So, <laughs> so two tough teams, man, to watch. And um, right now we're going through some other situations. We let Jalen Ramsey go uh, to the Rams, but we got some, we got some little Christmas presents in return. Yeah. But as you know, draft picks are fifty fifty. At least Gene Smith's not doing the drafting anymore. So exactly. We'll <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what are, what were your thoughts on Jalen when he was there? Um, I, I, I think he was just like at Florida State, a knucklehead. But <laughs> I liked his confidence, man. He knew he was the best when he was on that field, and he played much better when it when they just let him do his thing. Yeah, he's he is Deion Sanders Jr. Um, absolutely, he has a swagger. Um, on the field, incredible player. Off the field, I don't know that I can agree with everything he's done. Uh, I think he puts himself first on a lot of things when it comes to being off the field. Mm-hmm. So um, am I happy he's gone? I'm not happy he's gone, but I'm also understanding and I'm happy we got what we did for him because we got a king's ransom for him. We did. Yep. And um, that also tells you, to, to him, it must feel good to get traded for what we got in return He's probably like, man, I must have been, I was the man for them to trade away that and to get me in return. And he's making the same kind of money that he had in Jacksonville. It was a win-win for everybody. But it, that was, I mean, that was tough to swallow too for me. Um, you know, of course, it's a little different because we knew how he was at Florida State too. Um, I just wish that he was like, uh, what's his name? That plays for the Chargers. Uh, Derwin James. I wish he had the attitude of Derwin James because Derwin James was awesome too. Had a great rookie season with the Chargers. If Jalen can be like that as far as personality-wise, it would have made everything much smoother. But, uh, you know, that's part of his persona. The the cocky Jalen Ramsey is going to play the best that he can. But when you restrict him and tell him that he can't do this, of course he's going to go somewhere else with a younger coach that's just going to let him be himself. So, Yeah, but he's an injury away from having Blake Bortles as a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing I've heard in a long time, man. That's so, so true. So that true. Is, hey, but I'm about to get into this, though. <laughs> Blake Bortles is a much better quarterback to me than Jared Goff. I knew that was coming too, man. He can't stand I, I can't Jared Goff. I can't stand Jared Goff. I couldn't stand him when he played at uh, <laughs> when he played in college. Uh, it's just he's just disgusting to me. Like you had a you have a, a amazing team around you. Of course you're going to do well. I will uh, say that. 
The one thing I can say about Blake is he at least beat New England. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah, Jared Goff like choked in the biggest moment ever. Wow. Yeah, and you can see it now with especially with uh the whole offense going, which was Tyler Gurley. Once he or Todd Gurley, once once he left, that was it. That was it for him. And now he's looking very average. He's looking yeah, like he's Matt a, Ryan. He's a part time player now, you know. Part time. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And they're starting to figure out that offense, too. And I think people are starting to to know that he is a game manager at the end of the day. He's not – he'll throw the deep pass. He's got the arm to do that. But as far as big moments, that's what you're really defined by. Tom Brady, you can hate him all you want. But in big moments, to come back from what? They was down like 30 points to the Falcons? Everybody's like, I'm turning the TV off, man. This is over. <laughs> They turn the TV back on, you know, you know, wipe the crust off your eye. You're like, I was about to go to sleep, <laughs> and they're coming back. Yeah, man, that that's what really defines your careers, and he absolutely choked. And he's showing that he needs Todd Gurley. You yeah. need him more than that's your lifeline. Absolutely agree. So I think we're uh, we're going to get past this this subject that these two teams are hard to watch. But we're still going to be a fan at the end of the day. I'll still wear that till and gold and that garnet and gold as well. Uh, it runs through my veins. That ain't ever going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you for joining us, Randy. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us here in your store. Yeah, and uh, we're going to wrap up a little bit with some uh, NFL stuff, and uh, we'll be out of your hair. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you coming out and, and being here for us today. I uh, hope you guys enjoy yourselves. and. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Randy. All right. All right. That Jacksonville moment puts us right into the NFL. So it's time for some statistics on the individual leaders. We'll start in the uh, offense. Passing. Still on top. Stays on top. He's not not on top by much. But Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Matt Ryan's going to pass him this week for sure. He'll pass him this week. Yeah, uh, tough on Patrick Mahomes. Um, Well, they did the right thing. They did because he wanted to come back. And a lot of people thought he would be back this week. Yep. But like I told you last week, not a lot of people were talking about the ankle injury that he has too. (laughs) Let it heal up, man. Yeah. I I would say if if I was a doctor, you said – Three to six weeks for me to heal up. Um, as the coach, you're sitting out in all six weeks. Yeah, you're you're too young to be this injured right now. Andy Reid's got to take responsibility and be be more than a coach to him right now. Um, you got to let him heal up. Yeah, when I heard he was uh, back to practice and he wanted to play, I'm like, Andy, you got to do the right thing here, and he did. He did. He's not having him play this week. So exactly. All right, and rushing the leader, we just heard this name a little while ago, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, man. I love the guy. <laughs> I'm glad to see him on top. And it seems like it's uh, he's a pure rusher, man, and he's probably going to keep that. He's probably going to have the rushing title as long yeah. as he doesn't get hurt. As long I th- as he's not I hurt. I think um, he's opening up the passing game, and with the uh, – with the running game is opening up the passing game with him, you yep. know, being behind center. Uh, so keep giving him the rock. And Kirk Cousins is looking like an amazing quarterback because he's doing exactly what Adam and Stefan want him to do this whole season. <laughs> it's, it's Throw exactly us the ball. Right. We'll back ball. you up. Yep. Now receiving, this is uh, 
to me, a little surprising. I mean, this is a great receiver, but he's been kind of under the radar this year, if you ask me. But, Every year that he's played, to uh, be completely honest. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Great scapegoat for any quarterback. Yeah. Sure hands. Not yes. going to run the best of routes, but I would I would throw him to him in, an, in a double-covered situation every game. Um, he is just a sure wide receiver that's going to that's gonna catch the ball when you throw it at him. So, um that's it's great. Um, I'm glad he's he's up there, and I think he is actually. Um, don't get me mistaken. I think he's Chris Carter's uh, um, nephew or something like that. Yeah, there so. there is a relationship there. I, yeah, I don't I, know it offhand. Yeah, I, I think yep. he was talking about that one day. So yeah, that that's he's always been flying under the radar. So that's nothing new that he's the the leader in receiving this year, so far. So far. All right, now for some uh, team statistics. We'll hit the offense first. Average yards per game. Oh, I'll let you say it. I can't say it, man. Average yards total per game. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I know you can't say it as an <laughs> Eagles fan, Don. It's okay. <laughs> it's man. quite okay. But they, you got to say it. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely embarrassed the birds last week. But uh, they do play again, so we'll see what happens. Yep. You guys 437 average yards per game ridiculous yeah that's a lot they of should be winning all their games with that statistic they, they should not be you know barely 500 yep this has been the easy part of their schedule too it gets harder for them so mm-hmm. uh average passing yards per game at 318 is still the kansas city chiefs they better watch out because uh matt moore yeah matt moore but <laughs> <laughs> well, they better watch out for aaron Rodgers as well yeah um he's like he had an up. amazing game oh. Whoever who had him on his fantasy team, it was like he had like fifty three points. No, it was crazy. That's the only reason I lost, man. Mm. And then still on top for rushing team total, two hundred and four yards a game. The Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, well, you got uh, well, the quarterback himself, Lamar Jackson, and and then you got Mark Ingram. Yeah, man. Mark Ingram. Yep. I mean, my gosh, these guys are putting up some ridiculous rushing yards. Yep, and um, it's not going to stop. <laughs> that train's going to keep rolling down in Baltimore. All right. Team defense. Um, Not a surprise there. No. Average yards allowed. The fewest. 223 yards a game. That's the New England Patriots. They're also on another statistic on this list that's oh, not going to yeah. be surprising yeah. to anybody. Keep that they, in mind. In we'll, the top five, they got three people leading in interceptions. <laughs> um, yep. Sacks total, right? Uh, they are in, they're definitely leading the turnover total, but the sacks total – we have a new team in there. Look at that. Carolina Panthers has been um, making Kyle Allen's dream come true. <laughs> they are helping out a lot. <laughs> they better if they keep it up, my man might be on there talking about we're going to Disney. <laughs> uh, games to watch this week. I I got a couple of the highlights that uh, could be decent to watch. The Packers are playing the Chiefs. Don't think we're going to have the classic quarterback matchup we were hoping for with Mahomes not playing, but that could still be a pretty good game. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Both games. Uh, oh, the Panthers-Niners. Yeah, both games there. You got to mention both. Absolutely. Both of them are uh, pretty Man. good games to watch. So we, we got the Packers coming off in a crazy, amazing performance by Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's starting to grow on his own this season. You got the Chiefs with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Man, that would have been a, such a shootout if you would have played this I game. I know. Though. That would have been great Because uh, Aaron Rodgers' confidence is high with yep. Matt, uh, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. 
Mifflu, like <laughs> <laughs> French. Um, and then Panthers and 49ers, man. man Two Kyle, good defenses. Kyle Allen trying to take it uh, down that Niners defense. Mm. Niners were kind of restricted last week. They played that rainy game in Washington, and they won, but they really couldn't get much Two going, good defenses. So, yeah, So we got defense. two offensive versus two defensive yes. uh, teams. So I don't expect that one to be high scoring at all. <laughs> All right, we got two teams in the NFL that are undefeated right now, Dante. Mm. We got uh, the 49ers and the Patriots. But if we're talking the Patriots here, yes, they're undefeated, but they've only played one team that has a winning record so far this year. The combined the Patriots, right? combined record of 12-33 and 33 are their opponents as of right now. And the only team that's got a winning record that's flying under the radar is the Bills. Yeah, now I I will say the Bills are in the same division, so they're still playing some weak teams too. They haven't really had a tough schedule either, but they did play pretty close against the Patriots. I think that was 16 to 10. Mhm. Yeah, so I mean the Patriots rode the rest of the season. They got coming up uh they got Browns, Ravens, Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, Dolphins. So they they have a few of them that could be road bumps, and then they'll end the season uh, pretty decent. Yep. Should should still win the division, but do you think based on who they have left to play, is that zero going away? Or are they going to lose one? What, what the team? way that the Browns are playing, yeah. I think that's a sure win. Ravens, good game, good game because indeed. they've already played the Chiefs which was a good team. So the Ravens the Ravens are are, are, are going to come at them. So um with the with the Eagles it could be half and half. Um the Cowboys, well, that if that stat that we went back to with total offense is um the truth, then they should win that game as well. Right. Um I don't know. Texans playing good. That this is a tough schedule to yeah, be completely honest. It is. It, it it's getting it's getting harder for them. They had the easy part of their schedule, like I said, playing the Redskins, Giants, Jets, Dolphins. I mean, there's yeah, really so not what's going on there. So out of these nine teams, we got one. I two, see two three, or three. Maybe it could be. Four, I, I see four. four? I, I'll go with the Ravens, Cowboys, Texans, and Bills. Okay. That's what I would that's what I would go by. All right, now we got the 49ers. Undefeated as well, but guess what? It's kind of the same thing here. Their combined opponents records are 11 and 29, and the only team that they played with a winning record were the 4 and 3 uh, Rams. And the Rams don't look that good. <laughs> to be completely honest. Now, their schedule does get pretty difficult here. Uh they got the Panthers Mm-hmm. They got the Cardinals, mm-hmm. Seahawks, Cardinals again. Then they have the Packers, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Rams, Seahawks again. That is probably the Ouch. that's <laughs> probably the most crazy stretch, nine game stretch for a team. Ooh. Because you got the Panthers. Defense is amazing. Yep. Kyle Allen hasn't thrown a pick all year. Right. And He's the ultimate game manager. He's what Jared Goff should admit that he is. True. And they're winning games. <laughs> Plus, 
like we already discussed last week, Cam Newton is not the right fit for the Panthers because Ron Rivera is going to restrict him. Whenever you restrict a quarterback that's that talented, he's going to do this bad. So, yeah, keep Kyle Allen in, put Cam Newton on the bench, trade him in the offseason, and get him out of the situation. Get some money, get some draft picks for him, uh, get some of that cap room back. Cardinals, looking good. Yeah. To be honest, they're looking good because Kyler Murray is getting better every week. every week. I was totally wrong. Heather, I tell you, I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan in the NFL. He looked very scared and timid this year. He's but getting better. The last three games yes. has been crazy good for him. Seahawks, come on now. <laughs> as long as Russell Wilson's there getting all the touchdowns. I know, man. They got a tough road here. Um, Packers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Matt LaFleur, their uh, combination. That, that might be the new Bill Belichick if they keep uh, they keep messing around. Ravens, good team. Saints, who knows when Drew Brees is going to be back. He should be by that point, I would think. No, keep the hot hand in. I don't care. <laughs> Seriously, I, I don't care. Um, Falcons, they suck. Rams, not good. Then they play the Seahawks again. So I don't see them winning – uh, seven out of these nine games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think they're going to have a tough road. I think reality's going to smack the Niners here real soon. Mm-hmm. So we'll 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 see. We'll see. Absolutely. But they, I mean, you can't you can't dispute it. They've been good up to this point. So, all right, guys. I think that is it for episode ten, man. That is it, man? It's been great sitting here watching people come in and out of the store, watching people outside, traffic going by. We got great hosts here. Yeah, man. Maroon Hornet Comics and Collectibles, downtown Oxford. Make sure come check them out, check guys. Check them out. Absolutely. So after this episode, we're going to talk some comic books now because that's my other passion. <laughs> um, I'm currently rereading House of M right now because it's an amazing storyline. Um, and Old Man Logan – we talked about uh, me and Don talked about Mysterio, yeah, not being the best villain of all time. But when it came <laughs> to that storyline, he really had something to say. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here. This has been the Go for Two podcast live in Oxford, Pennsylvania, from Maroon Hornet Comics and Collectibles. And like we always say, it's never a gimme. Yes, always, always, always go, go for, for two, two, guys. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Go For Two podcast. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Go For Two podcast. Also, if you liked what you heard and don't want to miss an episode, please follow us on iTunes.